Come along with us as we discuss our heritage for our legacies. Welcome to our journey. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Michael. This is David. And it's Keith. So we got Keith on Keith's on location in the back seat going up to Atlanta to the airport. Him and Elizabeth flying out to Seattle. Washington. That's right. But we got some we got some guests on for today that's gonna entertain us and they got a word that they wanna reflect on, I guess you could say that and um we wanna welcome Andrea and Tom Hires. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Applause. Good to be here. That, uh, Keith, we didn't hear you clapping. No, no clapping. Well, I was golf clapping. clapping. But we also got an old buddy of ours with us, Kevin Walker. He's one of those old mill barn roomies <laughs> that from ABAC. And uh, there's something kind of special going on with that because what he's doing is just kind of seeing what we're doing here so he can he's observing observing yeah but he's gonna participate in they're gonna do <laughs> <laughs> they're they're gonna start doing the same thing at their church for their men's group and that was, that meant something to me he sent me a text and I, anyway yeah <laughs> so uh, hey we're getting with it now <laughs> tom and andrea help clap That's keith you got anything you, you want to say before we turn it over to tom I mean, you know, today being Father's Day and mm-hmm. and me and Elizabeth headed out, it's, it's kind of neat that Liz Ann's taking us to the airport and then she gets to go spend the week with Elizabeth's mama and sister, and then she's going to pick us up Thursday and bring us home. But, um, you know, getting ready for her to go to college and thinking about Daddy and, and how he he kind of let me go, uh, it's, it's kind of neat to to have the same experiences and think back and and how it was for me and y'all talking about the mill barn and tifton and you know that's just how full circle these things come and um when andrew and tom said they wanted to to get on and talk about daddy i just said you know father's day would be a great day to do that and and that's the day they picked to do it so i'm excited to see what what comes of it so tom what's something special that you remember about the funk a thousand guys i couldn't always be there because <clears throat> i started uh working nights and day shift uh, nights and weekends and i missed a lot of them but every once in a while i got my schedule changed or maybe i had a job change for a little while where i had a different shift and i got to experience it was just the relationship we see we didn't have that in my family and that's kind of what i was going to touch on uh one of my stories but the love and the relationships i i i'm not used to that i i didn't grow up with that and and it just kind of blew me away to to be around all the bowling clan see everybody participating and, and and all the people that were there i said i didn't know this happened i didn't real i didn't realize that families could be this close so yeah. it, it just it really touched me and and I just had a great time every time we went. And so, but like I said, y'all went to a lot without me, but the ones I got to go to, it was special to me. So, but if y'all didn't have any more questions, I, I had a couple of stories that I wanted to jump into. And Tom, it's your, it's your podcast. Okay, I've taken you, over the yeah, podcast. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, 
I just wanted to say, first of all, thank y'all for having us here today. And I kind of wonder if y'all were scraping the bottom of the barrel having me on here, but I, I appreciate it. I'll take it anyway. I, I appreciate being here. And so um, I also want to say that I did skip my Sunday afternoon nap. So if I look gla glassy-eyed, I did not do anything illegal today. Yeah, so I, I didn't get my nap either. So I just want y'all to know that. So, but I had this idea to do this, I guess, months ago, and we talked about it, and we just didn't get it together for whatever reason. I, I, I forgot to bring it up again, and I guess y'all forgot all about it. So we didn't get it together. So then it started coming up to this point right now, um, Father's Day, and then, of course, tomorrow is the day that Papa be with Jesus. <clears throat> so um, we started talking about it again recently, and then somebody, I guess it might have been you, Michael, you said uh, you started asking Andrea about doing one too. So we started talking about it more. He said, why don't you all do one together? I said, you know, that's a really good idea because I had two stories about Papa. I said I could also incorporate Andrea into one of the stories too because it's, it's kind of like a miracle how we even got married, really. And that's a, that's a long story. So when I tell these stories, I'm going to try not to get into too many details about me because this is not about me but I have to some <laughs> so that I can set it up for when Papa comes in and then when when Andrew comes in too so did anybody else have anything to say before I <laughs> jump into this I'm no. sorry that I've hijacked you, it but you think that we mm -hmm. were scraping but, the bottom of the barrel but by asking you on here we didn't ask you on um the good Lord put it on your heart when it was time for you to come in and, and you to it, yeah. It's just That's like right. we don't plan for what's going to be talked about. Now, I, I make notes and try to keep yes. things going so there's not any dead air, but it's it's not on us to plan what's fixed and come out of our mouth. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> well, the good Lord and the Holy Spirit does that for us. So. Yeah, well, there's not going to be any dead air for a little while. <laughs> I promise you. So I guess uh, story number one. Um, I have to get into my background somewhat and have y'all ever seen well I guess probably everybody has at some point you're watching a, a TV show and they're using foul language they have to bleep out a lot of stuff I got to yeah. do that a, a lot today or at least the first story I got to do that okay. so there's some things that I just mm -hmm. some things I finally told my wife for the first time recently, and we've been married for, finally told her, my kids don't even know a lot of this. All right. And, and I don't know. You're getting mushy. And, and I don't, I don't know when I'm ever going to tell them, if, if I ever do. I think, yeah. uh, I, think, I think. I don't know if I'm ever going to tell them, yeah, buddy, I, you, uh, you're fixing to. <laughs> no, no, I think, uh, I think Andrea might have been surprised. Would you say you were surprised? Well, you don't have to answer it. You don't, because I, I she don't, wouldn't put it past you. Yeah, she's surprised right now. It's not really, not really surprised. Um, but it doesn't. It didn't change anything. Finding out didn't change anything. If that makes sense. Now, what we're talking about, I'm not talking about anything that I did. Right. Let's clear that up. Okay. Uh, I, you know, you know, right now everybody's mind's like, yeah, yeah, what in the world was he talking about? Yeah. No, no, it's nothing I did. Way to build up the tension there, yeah, Tom. That's right. Yeah, and then to let everybody down and not tell them what it is. Yeah, everybody's saying, thanks a lot. So, 
So, no, I, my background and without doing too many details, um, uh, my, my family, they split up twice. I had, uh, I had three dads and me and my brother, we, we didn't have a relationship with any of them. And uh, I'm not going to say anything about what any of them actually did because I'm not trying to make anybody look bad. So I can't say it. My kids know what the first one did. They don't know what the second th and so and it is it is hard to talk about all this but if i don't say too much i might can keep it together and trust me papa does have a big role i'm getting there and sometimes my wife says when i'm telling a long story she says just get to the point <laughs> okay i i don't really operate that way i have to set things up but we had three dads growing up and we had no relationship with any of them the second one and the third one they both did and um <clears throat> so but you know when when you're when you're a boy you need a dad right yeah i mean you need a dad in your life and it was like men in the house and <clears throat> if i could go back right now you know knowing what i know now if i could go back and try to help the situation then i might could go back and and say to say to any of my dads say look can can i just hang out with you sometimes can i have a something with you can can you teach me things? can you teach me how to hunt and fish whatever can you do something with me i don't care what it is can can you just can you just be my dad and could you just just once in a while tell me you love me could you could you ever just do that <clears throat> and so but you know sometimes i question myself um why couldn't i have been born Andrew's family. Of course, that wouldn't have been a good idea because my wife would be my sister. <laughs> so that, 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 would, that wouldn't have worked out too well. So. <laughs> or, but, you or, are, you, but you're in that family now. Right. I, I, I am in the family now. I, I am kind of getting her, but I, I am in the family now. And it was a long road to get there, but I am now. So, so on top of all the, the you know, the, the broken home and all that, we kept moving and you know when you have family that splits up at least if you can stay in the same place and grow up with the same kids then you kind of have them for support but we didn't have that either because we kept moving all the time we about every two years we moved to a different school a different town different school and we didn't have any stability at all and so when when and Andrea's situation was even worse than mine as far as moving I think she went to 10 different schools didn't you say 10 different schools and at least she had a stable family but right. but but I'm thinking to me it seems kind of thoughtless when a pastor keeps getting shuffled around from one church to another by whomever has the authority to do that and their children don't get to grow up in the same school and to me the children are forgotten that situation and it's hard to have stability when you're constantly being moved around and you have to keep meeting new kids. And sometimes kids don't like you because you're the new kid on the block, you know. <laughs> so sometimes they're not going to like you and you have to get used to, to making new friends all over again. And every time we go to school and, and I, I somehow made a really good friend um, after what I was dealing with in the family life at home, we'd move again. And I mean, a couple of friends, they were just perfect for me i mean just some, some people in life you meet your personalities they just they click together 
and you know you're going to be friends for life if you can see them and stay in touch with them. Well, we didn't have the opportunity to do that, and so it, it was just confusion all the way around. And I remember by, I mean, especially after, after what the first dad did, I remember by my teenage years, I just walk around with my head down all the time. It was, it was just hard to even, it was kind of hard to, to uh, face reality of what all we're going through with all the, the, the breakups and all that. It was just difficult. And I, I kind of felt like I didn't have any worth. So it took a long time to get over that. But, you know, you really don't even, I think you don't really feel the biggest impact of having a broken home until maybe you're in your 20s. And then you start trying to figure th things out in life. And the other problem I had was, and Andrea starts playing into this too, and I think, I think God had his hand on me in this whole situation the whole way through because I had like, from the age of 18 through mid-20s, I had like five different chances to get married and we came close and every time I just couldn't do it. And, and the problem was, first of all, I'd never been taught how to be a, a, a proper man. So I didn't understand that. I never, I didn't know how to, you know, not just that, but when the girls started saying, we're getting married and, and I'm thinking, yeah, that's a good idea. But the closer we got, the more I would just freak out every time because it was not knowing how to be a man. Also, not knowing how to be a proper husband, definitely not knowing how to be a proper dad. And I guess at least five times that, that we came close with different girls and it didn't work out. And I think God was saving me for her. So anyway, I guess I'll jump to the part where I met Andrea and I'm not gonna say a whole lot about it. If she wants to add anything, she can. But we, you know, we met and I was getting ready to move up north pretty soon. So this is almost a miracle that we even met at all. We came close to, to never meeting. I wouldn't know any of y'all. So we met, and the first night I met her, I said, you know, this, this girl is different <laughs> from the other girls. that Because I, I wasn't living a Christian life for part of that time. And <clears throat> I said, something's different about this girl. She's been raised different. And I don't know what it is yet, because it was just the first night. But I said, oh, I'm not wanting to jump into a marriage just because I just met somebody who seems wonderful, but there's potential here. I was in my late 20s by that time, and I'd already told God, it's, it's okay if I never get married with all the, the baggage that I had. I mean, you know, I was like damaged goods by, by that point, and, and I said, I don't know if, if, if anybody would be happy with, and I'd be okay just being single if that's your will for me. I kept leaning on that verse, um, if I can remember it right now, I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll think of it in a little bit. But I, had to, I just had too much going on in my mind to say I can't remember the verse right now. Uh, what is about putting, putting God first and all things will work together for your good? It's good. You, you know, it sounds, me sounds, and Michael's not going to be able to. So, sounds close enough. <laughs> Where right? you at, Keith? <laughs> or seek ye first the kingdom that's of God. That's it. And his righteousness that's and it. all these things will be added to you. Thank you. See, that's, <laughs> why, that's, that's why she's my helpmate, <laughs> because she just jumped right in there and did that. Yeah. But, but, but I want to point out that 
you were in your late 20s, right? Yes. And and in your mind, you had already worked it out that you didn't think you would get married, right? Yes. So, so think of all the things that if you had a gave up, right? If, if you had a just said, I'm through, I'm not even going to try. Think of all of the children y'all have, right, and the grandkids that y'all are going to have. Think of all of that that wouldn't have happened if, if God hadn't intervened. Uh, well, I would say he did intervene for sure, but... But there's a lot of people out there, what I'm saying, it, it, that, that'll hear yes. our podcast, right. and they may be in their late 20s, and they may be thinking, I don't have a, a husband or a wife. You, you know, know it, but it, it's not too late Never to too get late. married in your 30s or your 40s or 50s for the first time. It's just in your mind That's right. how late you think it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's really not. But I met her that night, and I said, you know, she... She definitely has potential, and not too long after that, this is where Papa Hughes, and if anybody wonders why I refer to him as Papa, you'll find out in a minute, but I finally got to meet him for the first time, and you know, I've, I was kind of nervous. I guess that's natural to be that way when you, when you meet somebody whose parents of a girl you think might be somebody special. You're not sure if you just met her, but you think she might be. It, it makes you kind of nervous, I'll, I'll admit that. But I went in there that night and I met them, of course, mom and the dad. And, and y'all might think this is strange for me to say this, but when I met him that night, I said, I've never in my life, and I'm in my late 20s, met a man like this. I'm not making this up. If you think, how could you have been that shielded that you never met a man like this before. I don't know. The answer is I don't know how. But I didn't know that there were men like that. I honestly didn't. At that point in my life, I didn't know there were men like that. And I think by, by the time I was in my 20s, I just didn't like men very much at all. I mean, maybe you can understand that, or maybe hopefully people can understand after the dads that I had, maybe, maybe somebody can, can get that. Right. But I didn't care for them too much. I'm not talking about guys my age. I'm talking about older men. I right. just, just didn't care for them too because I thought they were all the same. But I met him that night, and, and I, walked, I walked away from that experience thinking, you know, th- th- this is a man who, who actually sat down with me, and he asked me a bunch of questions trying to find out about me and just asking me all kinds of things that I didn't expect. But, I mean... I was really impressed because I said, this is a man who really loves and cares about his family. And I don't remember any girlfriends I ever had before whose dad actually sat me down and and did that. I guess they didn't care enough, but I saw that Andrew's dad did. And I left there that night thinking, you know, I I don't know yet if I'm going to marry this girl but look at this bonus i'm gonna get if i do i mean i can actually have a man who who will be like a dad that i never had before i mean i don't know he was just he was so kind he was so caring he was just gentle easygoing man and i just i just wasn't used to that and so that night you know i think papa hughes that's why i always call him papa because he was like the dad I never had. I think Papa Hughes kind of hastened my decision to decide I wanted to marry his daughter. I think he had something to do with it. 
because without that experience, I, I, I still wouldn't have been totally committed because I still wouldn't have known her background. And of course, her mom was wonderful too. I, I don't want to leave her mom out. This is just about dad because it's Father's Day, but her mom was just as incredible of a person as her dad was when I met them both. So I was not offended at all that Papa Hughes was asking me some tough questions. I thought that this man is right on here. So of course we, we got married like nine months later. And the thing is the relationship opportunity that I had with him wasn't like it could have been because we didn't always live here. And then when we finally did move back in this area, not long after it's when I had the, the night shift and the weekend job. So, so like I mentioned earlier, I, I had to miss a lot of the uh, uh, family reunions and a lot of the Hughes weekend gatherings. I missed out on a lot of that. So I missed out on, on a lot of situations where I could have been around him more. But God worked something out to where the last few years of his life, as it turned out to be, I could start coming to church every Sunday. And so I got to see him every Sunday at church. And when church is over, I don't know if anybody ever noticed this or not, but when church is over, we just kind of gravitated towards each other, especially me to him. And we'd just be talking and it'd be like an hour later and everybody's long gone and we're out there just talking <laughs> about, I mean, we would go around the world talking about this and that and we'd probably end up back in Blackshear about an hour later. <laughs> And so, so, I mean, we just, we just clicked. He was sent to me because he was who I needed in my life because of my past. And God networks people together who need each other. And that just, just turned out to be, he turned out to be the perfect person that I needed in my life at that time or really at any time. And of course, I couldn't help but going back and saying, if only he would have been my dad all this time. <laughs> I, could have been, I could have been a much improved person from what I turned out to be. I could have been a better husband, could have been a better father, just could have been better at everything. But I don't, so I don't know why God allowed all that to happen with me, but the end turned out great. I mean, right now I'm blessed, and my life is really as good as it could be. So maybe I took the... I'm probably gonna mess this word up. Maybe I took the circuitous route, if anybody even knows what that means. That means taking the long way around. That's what that means. <laughs> I don't know why God allowed me to have to do that, but the end result is all that matters because the end result is we're all gonna die someday and we're gonna spend eternity in one place or another. All this stuff that, that we're going through now, it's not gonna matter anymore. The end result is where we're going to spend eternity. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, at least for now, for me on this earth, the end result is my life is just great now. I have nothing that I can complain. I'm getting old. I mean, that's that's a yeah. blessing. Well, it is because I'm getting <laughs> I'm getting one one day closer to heaven every day. But but he was just who I needed in my life, and and so God God restored everything because the devil will try to take things away and God restores mm -hmm. and he didn't restore with the same people but I didn't need those same people but I but I'll never forget when I finally got the chance to spend more time with him all these conversations we had and you know his mind was kind of slipping a little I didn't care he was just 
you know, he was my man. He was just, he was who I went to for whatever. And I still had questions about things I would ask him sometimes. And, and he was still mentally capable enough to, to help me out with situations towards the end. I mean, he, he just, he was that way. And he was just a man that I just loved very much. And he was a man who accepted me me being damaged goods and whatever else I was, he always accepted me every time I saw him. I never felt rejected by him even one time. And I guess when I first got to know him, I, I kept looking for that to happen because it always had, but he never did. So that's basically the first story. And if anybody wants to <laughs> say anything before I keep hogging the mic. Well, I this is say. the intermission. Yeah. I will add to that. Um, we got to let him catch his breath. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm good. Drink of water. I'm good. We're bringing in oxygen. Um, growing up with Daddy, um, I was the third girl, and I was a lot like my Daddy, but I was a lot different than my first two sisters. And so there was a lot of time that I spent with daddy probably because mom did not know what to do with me and how to handle me. Um, so I spent a lot of time with daddy and I was called little Larry until Keith was born and then that was the end of that because I was almost a teenager. So um, my growing up, you know, I learned a lot from him and I really enjoyed being with him and I enjoyed being called little Larry for that time in my life. But I will um, say it was difficult, like Tom was saying, they moved around. It was difficult for me moving around because I was very shy. I didn't get to know people real well. I was um, very curious about things, into stuff all the time. And so it didn't always set right with um, everybody that I was around. But coming to Grandma and Grandpa's house, there was always people there that loved me and accepted me no matter, and so that was a big thing to get to come to Grandma and Grandpa's house because of all of our cousins were there, aunts and uncles were there, and it was just a fun, loving place to be. But I will say that God, God knew what both Tom and I needed. Um, we are both the middle children in our families, and there's a lot to that, you know, birth order, but we, I'll just say this, we were both misfits, and um, God put us together, and I won't say it's always been easy, but God's grace has been good, and he has helped us to stay together all these years, but I remember after being married, and I mean, I would share things with Tom, you know, spiritual things or whatever, and he would think, you know, that I was trying to be um, holier than thou, and I wasn't. I was just trying to help the situation or whatever, but I do know that um, God put us together. He had a good plan, and what the devil intended for harm, God has turned it for good, and Daddy played a big part in that because something that I would do, I remember back, you know, when the children were little and we had been married a long time, I would, I was sizing Tom up to my daddy. Don't do that. That's right. You can't compare 
your partner to your dad. And I didn't realize the harm in doing that. But I had such a good daddy, and I just expected my husband to be like my daddy, you know, as a husband, as a father. But um, but I will let Tom share his next story, and then I'll probably have some have some more to say. There's a lot more that I could say. I could say a lot um, about my daddy and about this last year and. But I'll let him go ahead and continue, and then I'll share some more. Okay, I want to respond to that by saying <laughs> nobody could be as good as your dad. I don't care what family they were raised in. Nobody could match the Christian quality of life that your dad led. He was okay. one of a kind, I will. So even though I didn't come from the best background, it doesn't matter. I, I would not have been able to keep up with him. There is no comparable. <clears throat> All right, second story, it's going to be hard to get through. When I start doing it, everybody's going to, why? Second story starts out in 20, and um, <clears throat> I woke up one day, and I just didn't feel well. Felt like I had the flu. I said, this is, this is awfully strange, because I never got sick, and I thought I had the flu. I'm going to go to work, and I'm just tired, and I'll be fine. Well, about two weeks later, I still felt the and it's hard going to work when you're doing physical labor and you're feeling like you're And finally, after a few, I must just really not. I kept waking up still sick. I felt more rested, but I still woke up sick. I said, I guess I'm going to do something I never do. Let's go to the doctor. Went to the doctor. And I started doing tests and all. It was months later. It was the VA. <clears throat> and so so I was, I was going, doing blood work. I started calling myself the human pin cushion could do all kinds of uh, lab work and couldn't figure it out. probably probably like about and it, it just kind of like was gradually getting whatever it was uh, six months later this is bad because especially not knowing what it was and about <clears throat> it got to the point where um, I, I was one of those people I rarely ever went to the doctor but if I ever did that uh, checklist where you do you have this problem that problem I was checking no for everything. Whenever I went, it was always no. There's, there was nothing wrong with me. I was perfectly healthy and totally fine, and, and suddenly I wasn't. Then weird things started happening to where I started figuring out this is something serious. It just wasn't something that's just going to go away by itself. So probably one, one day, well, I mean, it got so bad, I didn't talk about it very much with anybody because I had a lot of talks with Jesus, of course not much with anybody else. I started having a lot of weight loss and things were happening. <clears throat> and I kind of in a state of shock because look in the mirror and start seeing myself look like a skeleton. This, this is unbelievable. I can't believe this is happening. I mean, I'm just totally healthy. There's, there's no reason for this. <clears throat> and it, it actually became kind of surreal that one day I went in my prayer closet and I just started, I just started negotiating with God about my death. Because I, cause I, I just said, you're, you're dying. Man, you are dying. You, you don't even know why. So, so I did. I said, well, God, I guess we're going to negotiate or arrange for this. I said, if, if you don't do something, then I'm going to die. And if, I, if I'm about to die, if, if I'm going to die in my 50s, then you need to take care of my family. They, they were not in a situation to really take care of themselves at that time and you need to 
you need to take care of them if this is if this is your time for me. I can't believe we're having this conversation, God, but but it's time to get real and talk about it. Well, <clears throat> anyway, I got a call from Papa Hughes. He said, Tom, I'm coming over to, to see you. And when he said that, I said, okay, and I went Papa found I said, he found out. I don't I don't know who told him, but Papa found out. So I knew why he was coming over there. And so he did, and he came over, and it was just me and him by ourselves. And I guess he must have known I was there by myself. <clears throat> and that's why he chose that time to call. But I'm thinking if, if anybody was going to come to see me, knowing what was going on, it was going to be him. That was just who he was. So he came over, and we, we talked about something else that was insignificant. I can't remember what it was, but we talked about it, and then he stood there with kind of like expecting me to say something else. You got to open up and tell them. You just got to. So I, I laid it all out there. I basically, I don't remember exactly what I said, but it was something along the lines of, Papa, I'm, I'm real sick. And I said, you know, the, the, biggest, the biggest problem is nobody even knows what the problem is. Nobody knows what's wrong and can't do anything about it if we don't even know what it is. So um, I feel like I'm gradually getting worse. I'm going to work. It, it's struggling. I'm struggling. I was just working three days a week then because they let me. They let me work enough to still have full hours, like 30 hours a week. But <clears throat> so they let me keep working. And I said, I said, Papa, if they don't find out what's wrong pretty soon, then I, I don't. I don't think I'm going to make it very much longer. I, I can't keep going like this. <clears throat> when I told Papa that. He got the biggest look of concern on his face. I thought he was about to cry, and I could tell that he cared. He said, he said those magic words. He said, Tom, I'm going to pray for you. And when he, when, when he prayed, he pra Papa prayed. I mean, I mean he, 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 he even was talking to the devil. He, he wasn't playing around. He didn't just throw out a token prayer. Papa prayed, and when he got, when he got done praying, my first thought was, devil, you're in trouble now, son. That was my first thought. But after he got finished praying, the, the physical issues were still there. But I just got such a sense of peace and relief. Something just came over me where, where I just said, I don't know the outcome, but everything's going to be all right now. Because a man of God prayed over me. And I know that he just touched heaven mm -hmm. on, on my account. And I, I just knew everything was going to be all right. And it changed my whole perspective about everything. And so he did. And wouldn't you know it, not very long after he prayed, they figured out what was wrong. So they set me up for, for surgery. And by that time, I was, I was down to just working one day a week, because even that was hard, <clears throat> but they set me up for the surgery, and I had a few rough times still after, after they found out. One was going to my daughter's graduation, having to stand out there in that field. <laughs> that was tough, but you do what you gotta do as a dad sometimes. <laughs> I wasn't gonna miss that. If I died out there, then <laughs> so be it, I was going. <clears throat> but uh, they scheduled the surgery, it was in Gainesville, Florida, and, and you know, um, Papa, at his age, he could have easily said, well, that's too far for me to drive. 
he didn't say that. They came anyway to see me. They drove all the way to Gainesville, Florida to see me on the day that I had the surgery. And like I said before, that's just who he was. He did that for everybody. He was just, he understood about relationships and about caring about people better than anybody that I've ever known. And so I don't remember them being there that day, but they, they came to see me in the ICU. Mm-hmm. I, I really appreciated that they did that. And it's just, it's just the type of man he was that I think if it, if it would have been in Washington State, he probably would have flown there to see me. He, he was just that type. And he's the best father, that best earthly father that I've ever known. Not, it's not even close. And, you know, I, I could say I'm going to try to be just like him. But I would fail. I, I wouldn't be able to uphold the standard that he set for everybody. But, but I, I truly, you know, I truly love the man. I truly miss the man. And this last year or year or more without him being at church, for me it's kind of been like he was like my security blanket. It hasn't been the same for me. It's been like kind of more insecure and just not having him in the church because I just always gravitated t- towards him after every service and and I just really miss him and he was he was probably my best friend too. So I'm just looking forward to the day that I can see him again as we all are. But he was just a, a man of God and I don't know if there's a higher honor you could ever bestow on anybody than to say that about them. And so I'm just grateful that that I met this girl right here and I married this girl <laughs> and I got to have him as a father. All you wonderful people who came along as the accessories, y'all <laughs> y'all are, y'all are I appreciate and love every one of you and I don't really get to say that too much and I mean there are other godly men in this church, like our pastor and you guys and Jackie and, and Lanny, I could name I can name all kinds of guys. You know, there's nobody quite like Poppy Hughes, but I, I still I appreciate all you guys serving God and being the men of God that you guys all are. And so I guess that's that's where I need to stop there. I, I actually made it through it. I'm surprised <laughs> that I made it as well as I did. Well, I appreciate it, and I just wanted to come on here and just share how I felt about Poppy Hughes, mainly. That's what I did, so I, I hope I hope I enlightened somebody. If they, if they didn't really understand, I'm sure his children did, but maybe some other family members, maybe they never really totally understood his, his impact. But if it did that, all that for me, and I could tell more stories, trust me, I could. We'd be here all day. If he did that for me, I know he did it for a lot of other people too, not just me. So thank you all for allowing me time to share. Thank you for sharing with us. I know that was hard. But there's many messages in that. Well, you can't hear me. David likes to hear himself talk. Well, if I can't hear me, I'm pretty pretty sure nobody else is going to hear me. (laughs) Like I said, Tom, that... The the amazing thing to me about Uncle Larry, he was my uncle, um, is that I've always said I, I don't have an excuse. If, if I'm a bad daddy, it's my fault, okay? Because I had many 
many men in my family mm-hmm. and in my life, uncles, my daddy, my grandfathers. If I screw it up, it's on me. Mm-hmm. I, that, I've always said that. Um, Uncle Larry didn't have that example growing up. No. And that, that was the incredible thing. And, and then hearing you, it's like you didn't have that example either. But you're a great daddy, Tom. I, I, I mean, I, I see it. I appreciate um, that. I see it in, in your children. I mean, um, but it, if I am, it took a long time to get sure. Here. But it's well, all of us. Yeah, I mean, definitely. all of us we got all had our own to learn. journey. You got your right. own journey. We, and everybody had different paths, and that may have been one of the reasons that you got Uncle Larry as your right. in-law, as yes. your papa, as yeah. you call him. You know. To, to give you some encouragement to help you see, hey, you've done something right, and you have done something right in those kids you got. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And, and in today's world, there's, there's so few daddies out there now. You know, we don't – in my little bubble, everybody's, every, everybody's got a mom and a daddy, right? It, but, but that's not what you see. That's not reality. And across the world, it, they don't—they're not growing up, and, and, and society's telling people, "You don't need a mama, or you don't need yeah. a daddy. You can have." Well, I, I don't agree with that. Yeah. I, I think like children Carl. need a mama and a daddy. Yeah. Um, they need that example. I think that's the way it was designed. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but yeah, I—you're—you're—you're you're, you're doing good, Tom. I want—I want, I want you to hear that because I. I I see it in your family. I know you're doing, doing a good job. I could always do better. We can always do better. Oh, yeah, we, we can always do better. You know. I will say one thing um, about Daddy. Um, growing up, he would discipline us. He didn't discipline us often because Mama usually took care of it before he ever got a chance. But he would, when he would discipline, he would cry. And you know, some of my sisters have said, I didn't ever want to hurt mom or daddy. Well, my thinking, I didn't ever think about whether I was hurt mom or daddy or not. If I thought I could get away with something without getting caught, I might try to do it. But I did not want to make my daddy cry. I didn't, it wasn't, I don't want to hurt him. It was, I don't want him to be disappointed. I don't want him to cry. Yeah. You know, but when he would discipline, he would do it in love, mm-hmm. um, which is different than some parents. You know what I mean? But he was very intentional. That's the word I've, I've thought of for him. And just reflecting over this year, he was very intentional about the decisions he made, about, you know, the places we moved, when we would move, he was intentional. It wasn't just, like, oh, I think I'm going to do this. You know, I like moving. I like traveling. I, he was intentional about what he did and the things he told us, he was intentional about that. And you know that that is how God is. That is how Jesus was when he walked this earth. He was intentional. He went out of his way to minister to people because he knew. That's right. And, um, I'm very grateful for the earthly father, you know, that I was blessed to have. Um, 
And I'm very thankful that my daddy decided I don't want what I had growing up. I want something different. And he chose to do things differently. You know, he had five kids and he became a pastor because he was being obedient to what God called him to do. He didn't go the corporate route, which he was set to do that. Um, So I'm very thankful and blessed. We didn't have a lot of earthly things, you know, but we had what we needed. We had love, we had spiritual training, we had discipline and correction. He modeled for us what he wanted us to learn and you can't put a price on any of the stuff. Um, and I'm thankful. I'm very thankful. Um, and I miss Daddy a lot. There's a hole, and there will always be that hole. But um, God used him, and he's still using him um, to minister and the impactors. And his legacy is continuing on through all of us, you know, his kids. For sure. His um, our Great spouses, <laughs> our our grandkids, and we're going to continue. Well, all the people that right over the years, not it's just, just no, now, and not just here, yeah. Right, he touched he touched lives all over. Mm-hmm. Yes, Keith, I got your mic open. Yep. You got anything to say? I, well, I I thank Andrea for coming before me because uh, I believe if she had <laughs> yes. Uh, it I paved the way for you. She sure did. Sure did. Um, I think she I, prepared your mom and dad. I wore mama I out so think. she didn't, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would have been a different story had the it other three have. girls been there and then me come along. Yeah. Um, did, he cry? No, I, hey, did he cry when he disciplined you, Keith? Uh, yeah. I, he probably did. I don't think he did. I think he, um, he kind of enjoyed it. I think it. he did. <laughs> my, my daddy never... He never cried when he whipped me. It was it was the opposite. Thing. I cried when my, my daddy whipped my me. Mama did. <laughs> my mama did not cry. And we at laughed all. at my mama. We we laughed no. at mama, and then it would be well when your daddy gets no. home. That's the then, end of it. Then we would get upset. But yeah. my daddy never nah. cried. Nah. Um, but yeah, I, you know that's been the thing that has been the you know for for our family is that daddy i think he he showed us how we could love like him to others it wasn't just well you're my kids we saw that he did that for so many people and it helped us to be able to do that for those people and it's it's the legacy you know and and the last few days last year he kept talking about making tracks and the tracks are there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, those were tracks that Tom was talking about. Uh, each of us, you know, have stories to tell. Mm-hmm. And as we do that, it impacts people. Um, and so, you know, I, I still catch myself um, thinking about that and, and how daddy did things and how I'm doing things and what Andrea said was intentional um being intentional Mm -hmm. and and that's probably the best example daddy led for everybody was he was so intentional 
we joke around about going to the grocery store. About going to the grocery store. And one, he liked to be prepared. He didn't want, you know, if somebody came over, he wanted to have coffee and whatever for him. But two, he knew it gave him the opportunity to meet somebody, to be there, you know, and, and be where God could use him to speak to somebody at the grocery store, at the gas station. Um, so, you know, that's something we can all learn from. All right. So I appreciate you. Thanks for having I'm fixing to pick on, but David, you know, we've, we've talked to most of all of our aunts out of hearing all of those, the voice that we got sitting right here with us reminds me such of my grandma, but more uh-huh. than, more than aunts. Andrea, I hear it. Yeah. Andrea has a lot of our grandma's mannerisms. Yes, and that so. blesses me. <laughs> Yes. That really blesses me because I've never seen that. I've never heard mm-hmm. that. Um, but Grandma Bowen, especially. Yeah. yeah. The, even the cracks in the voice. The yeah. I, I know. It, it, <laughs> I, I hear it. And okay. she was one of the ones. It didn't matter what I, what I was plundering in in her house. She did not very often... <laughs> that I ever remember show that she was like at the end of her rope with me. And it could have been real easy to get there quick, <laughs> but I don't ever remember feeling that mm-hmm. from Grandma Bowen. Right. Um, and I appreciate that now. I mean, looking back on it, I'm thankful I had people like that in my life because I had a lot of, a lot of people that, you know, they didn't know what to do. Right. But she right. had a lot of pain, a lot of love, and she had a lot of, wisdom and knowledge from all of the children that paved the way for us yes thank <laughs> god they came along before us. but uh yeah thank y'all for coming on and sharing your stories about uncle larry happy father's day to all of those fathers out there that that listen we love y'all we're hitting about one hour mark so that was a pretty good i mean tom yeah we're tom's getting close long, to- tom's long-winded stories you know you can't get enough of tom <laughs> when he goes to talking now um, I, I got some more. No, uh, <laughs> and it works out well for us because he likes to talk more than I do. So I just let him talk and I'll just have us yep. over the years. Keith, how close are you? Uh, we've come past Griffin, so we're getting there. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, uh, David, you want to pick on our other guest over there? Well, um, I didn't know. It- well, I'm going to dip out. Okay. Well, you want to say a prayer over this one, Keith? I I will do it. Dear Lord, we just thank you for this time together. We thank you for the fathers and for my daddy paving the way. I just thank you for Tom and Andrea. And um, I just pray that you would uh, show us where we can keep going um, to, to make the impacts that you want us to. And thank you for giving us the opportunity with the podcast. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Y'all be careful, Keith. Bye. Thanks.